I learned this when I was the age of those kids that uh, just left here, and God bless them. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I'm King James with this because I was the age of those kids and the NIV hadn't been published yet, and so bear with me. Uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Yay, yay. <laughs> That's King James, isn't it? Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's an interesting thought. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Has anybody else ever heard that song? Once or twice in our lives? <laughs> it's the most well-known psalm. It's number eight in, in the most favorite verses of all time or, or chapters of all time. It's higher than that with people who are going through difficult times. And it's a comfort to us. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. 118 times in the Bible, the word shepherd is mentioned. There are references to God being a shepherd. There are references to bad shepherds. Um, David was a shepherd who wrote this. But why are there so many illustrations about shepherds in the Bible? Well, because everybody depended on sheep for everything, almost. Uh, families relied on sheep to provide just about everything needed and some things they didn't realize that we've only found out recently. A short alphabetical list would be uh, B vitamins, beds, blankets, clothing, iron, meat, pillows, proteins, tents, zinc, in other words, the necessities of life. Because of that, everyone, except perhaps the clueless elite, knew more about sheep, their care, and the importance of the shepherd than we do about our relationship with anything else in the world except pencils. And I learned a lot about pencils today. I didn't know what a ferrote was. It's a little metal piece, you know, on the pencil. I always call it that little metal piece, but. Sheep were valuable, very valuable. Shepherds would stay with the flocks day and night. They would protect the flock. Uh, sometimes with smaller flocks, the youngest boy in the family would be the shepherd. 
until he got older and got to work with bigger flocks. David was a shepherd for his family. And we all know what a tough guy he was just from the things he learned about being a shepherd. Uh, Abel, Moses, Amos, Zechariah were all shepherds. In the New Testament, it was shepherds who announced the birth of Jesus Christ. And contrary to popular belief, I see videos about, oh, the shepherds came. And they're all looking poor and, and bedraggled and, and dirty. And uh, most shepherds were not. Sheep were valuable. The shepherds were pretty well-known people. Were there bad shepherds? Sure. Just like anybody in this world, there's people who are incompetent in their job. Um, I used to be a super, uh, construction superintendent. Uh, I knew when people just couldn't hack it. It wasn't their thing. Not that they were bad people. They just, it wasn't their thing. Consider then that many leaders in the Bible are called shepherds. We heard from John chapter 10, Jesus was the good shepherd. He used those illustrations because so many people knew what a good shepherd was. And as far as the bad shepherds, in that context of being leaders, um, Jesus told us the characteristics of bad shepherds in Matthew 23. It applies today. If you ever want to look through and figure out who the bad shepherds are, here's a list. Uh, 23.13, they made it hard for the people to come to God. 23.15, they make converts and destroy them with impossible tasks. They are liars, 23, 16 to 22. They major on the minors and ignored the majors. Majors, You know, they would count out the pepper that they had. Each grain so they could give a tenth. But they forgot the needier weight of, of the people and their hurting and their sorrow and their struggles. They are greedy and self-indulgent, 23, 25, and 26. They are outwardly, outwardly alive, but inwardly dead, verses 27 and 28. And if you think about it, you turn on the TV and you got shepherds that are just like that, don't you? Jesus was correct even back then. But our Lord is the good shepherd. And I'm so happy that he is. All the way back in the book of Genesis, our God is mentioned as being a shepherd. Genesis uh, 48, 15. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life. And if the Lord is our shepherd, we heard 
that the good shepherd lays down his life for, for his sheep. And because he is a good shepherd, in our poem, or our, well, the poem of David, he says, I lack nothing. You might puzzle at that because did David lack nothing? Was David's life trouble-free? No, not at all. And the reality is David lived a life where there were times with not enough food, where he was on the run. Times when Saul became a deadly enemy and his own son Absalom tried to kill him. So how could David say, I lack nothing? Philip Keller puts it this way, I shall not want means I shall not lack the expert care and management of my master. When we yield to the shepherd with what he wants of us, that's expert care and management. It's not that you're poor and you have great stress levels over life because rich people have the same amount of stress according to doctors. It just lies in different areas. Jesus said we'll always have the poor and clearly there's always the rich around us as well. All of us, no matter what our lifestyle, our financial situation or things in the world around us, we really need the things that only God can supply. First of all, we need a salvation. We need faith. We need moral strength. We need emotional strength, no matter what we face. And he can give that to us. We're going to sing a song by a guy named Stuart Hamblin here in a little bit. He writes, my heart can sing when I pause to remember a heartache here is but a stepping stone along a path that's always winding upward. This troubled world is not my home. And that's the focus we need to have. This world is not where we're going to end up. We are going to a better place. When my beloved mother died, she went to a better place. When my grandfather died, he went to a better place, even though there were struggles in their lives. How does God care for us? We jump from one problem to another. In fact, we've got a short video clip of how God cares for me all the time. Can you show that, please? That's me. <laughs> you know? And I feel bad because I'm so much work for him every day. 
But shepherds were tough people. They didn't have their AR-15 to go out and protect the sheep with. They had a rod and a staff. Now the rod, here's how it was made. You got a tree growing up, and then a bunch of branches come off of it, and that part of the tree gets big. So they would cut that below that and leave the strongest branch coming off of it so they'd have a ball, so to speak. And it was a long club that the shepherd could use. And sometimes they would put bits of metal in it so it would really hurt, but not on both sides. And there's a reason for that. When a sheep became troublesome, because sheep can do it, they're social animals, and like us, they want to have the priority, they want to be important, they want to be noticed. You just whap it on the head to make it stop that bad behavior. The staff was a long stick, either with a curve at the end or sharpened at the end. And they would use that to guide the sheep or to pull them out of ditches like that boy had to do to that sheep, you know? Bible tells us shepherds carried a sling. Now, if you don't know how that works, I'll try to... Do everybody understand how a sling works? Okay, you swing it around like this, and you let it go, and that rock comes flying out. I was intrigued by that. So I made one. I took an old French cuff off a shirt, and I tied a string through the, the cufflink holes in it, and I put a rock in it. And I went out in my driveway and I was gonna fling that thing as far as I could. So I swung around, swung around, swung around and let it go and boom, right through the windshield of the car. <laughs> my slinging days were over. And my butt hurt quite a bit after that. Is anybody here know or have spent time with or is currently a shepherd? Nobody can help me out with this. All right. In my early teens, I lived in the high desert of California, uh, way outside uh, west of Lancaster, California, in the middle of a section of land that was all alfalfa and a section of land is 160 acres. So there was quite a bit there. And in the summer, they'd get seven cuttings of the alfalfa. That was their average. Now, they don't do it anymore because they can't get the water up out of the ground to do it. It's too expensive. But when I was this tall, yeah, it happened. And every late fall and winter, they would bring flocks of sheep down from the high country and let them live off the stubble of that alfalfa.
I had chores to do in the morning. But then I spent time with Indica. He was Basque. He was a shepherd. He was in his late 20s. Good man. Awesome dog. I mean, he'd just point and that dog would take off and do what he wanted it to do. And I could never tell which point meant what, but the dog knew. And it was pretty awesome to watch that dog work. But he would sometimes stop by the house just for a cup of coffee, snack, and for conversation. He spoke pretty good English. And I learned a lot about sheep during that time. Do you know that sheep are scared, flighty, and disgruntled? Especially when they're working out that pecking order as to who's the boss. It takes four things for sheep to lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Four things have to happen. They have to be free from fear of predators. If they even think there might be something going around, they won't lie down. They had to be free from that friction in the flock. They couldn't, that pecking order stuff had to stop. And the shepherd was good at doing that. They had to be free from bugs and parasites. Not a lot of flies flying around, not a lot of mites crawling on their skin. And they had to be free from hunger and thirst. All those things had to happen before they would lie down. Now, how much protection does that, is that for us in our lives? If God makes us lie down in green pastures, what does that say about a sheep? What can God do for us in our daily lives? But get rid of a bunch of that garbage that stresses us and bothers us and, and messes with our minds. <clears throat> the next phrase is, he leads me beside quiet waters. Did you know that sheep won't go near rushing water? It scares them to death. They won't go near it. My Basque friend gave me a demonstration one time because on the ranch in the old days we had tall, quiet weirs where water would come in and you'd lift a valve gate and the water would go one way or another and all that. So he took me out of one of those. The water was rushing in. It was going one way, but the sheep were over here. So he closed that gate and he pulled up this gate and the water come rushing out and the sheep scattered. His dog was having a tough time even getting close to rounding them up. But when he closed that weir and the water settled down, guess what happened? The sheep came back and they started drinking. No trouble, no fear. They were just doing their thing. It's amazing how God can do that for us. 
So Shepherd was responsible in the high country to find calm water. And there were times where my friend said, I had to go out and, and take rocks and build a dam that would slow the rushing water down and calm it down and back it up so the sheep would drink. There was a lot of effort in that. He'd improve the natural conditions around the sheep to comfort them. And for us believers in Christ, that's what God does for us. He can settle those things around us. I mean, we walk through difficult place, uh, places. We have difficult times. As George said, we all know somebody who suffered damage from the storms, who have illnesses, cancers are dealing with, drug addictions are dealing with. Having trouble with those fingers these days. And things like that. But God can calm our hearts about those things if we just turn our lives over to him completely. And yet I keep thinking to myself, to being pulled out of that trench and then just running down and jumping into that trench again. He refreshes my soul. People think that deals with a cast sheep. And if you don't know what a cast sheep is, it's a fat sheep or a very pregnant sheep. And they can lie down and they can get up if they want to. But if they roll over on their backs, they can't. They just struggle and cry and... I'm not going to try to imitate a sheep's voice. I'm not, you know, bah. But uh, I know they sound different than that. But it'll eventually die if the shepherd doesn't come and take care of it. We get ourselves into trouble that we can't get out of. No matter what we think or do. We can't get, get, get out of them on our own. Has anybody here actually had a miracle happen in their lives where God has changed things? Yeah. Why would that be? Because he's a good shepherd and he loves us. Ed was in a horrible motorcycle accident. But he's alive and he's kicking. Renee, <laughs> was in a horrible accident. I know people whom God miraculously provided money for when they were in deep trouble financially. Things not of their own, it's just a situation that happened. But when that happens, how do you feel? It's like, there is a God and he loves me. There is a good shepherd who takes care of me.
It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Sometimes more than once. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Like sheep, we're prone to want to go our own way, aren't we? In fact, Isaiah tells us this. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Why do we do that? Because we're sheep. That's a fact. Because we want to do our own thing. We want to go where we want to go, do what we want to do. It's not going to be bad, God. I can watch that R-rated movie and it's no problem. God, I can do this. God, I can do that. And we can't. We have the word of God to guide us. If you don't know what you're doing is right or wrong, if you're wondering, it's probably wrong. And you should look it up in the Bible and see what's going on. See if it is. Because there's nothing the Bible doesn't touch as far as our sin life goes. It tells us the difference between right and wrong. Thinking about these kids, there's a song that I used to sing in Sunday school. It went, don't worry about tomorrow, just be real good today. The Lord is right beside you, he'll guide you all the way. Faith, hope, and charity, that's the way to live successfully. How do I know? The Bible tells me so. Anybody ever heard that song before? Yeah, a few of you have. I'm bringing back memories, aren't I? <laughs> he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Dark times. We've had it pretty good in this country. I fear it's not going to last. But you consider the Christians who have died for their faith in other countries, sent to prison camps. But even though I walk through the darkest things, your rod and your staff will comfort me. Talked about the rod earlier and the staff a little bit earlier. But we have a part to play too. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It means we've got to keep our guard up. We've got to hang in there and be tough. We've got to watch for those things that can bother us. Nancy Reagan had uh, just say no to the drugs, you know? And it affected a lot of young people. But our shepherd watches over us. 
You prepare a, a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, who in their right mind would set out a lavish meal on a table with their enemies all around? You couldn't relax. You'd have your sword in your hand, your spear, your AR-15, whatever the situation brought to mind. You'd want to protect yourself. He lays out this table in the presence of the enemies. He gives us moments of peace in the presence of our enemies. He watches over us in the presence of our enemies. And what are our enemies? Sin? Sure. Illness? Sure. Families that just won't listen about God? That's a rough one. It's a great vision of peace that he could do that. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now what's that all about? Why would you want oil running all over your face and in your hair and in all that? Well, in those times, one thing was, it was a sign of something awesome happening with that person. David's head was anointed to become the king of Israel. But in shepherd's terms, it had a totally different meaning. Let's see if I can say this. I'll use the common term, scabs. It's a, it's a disease for sheep caused by a microscopic mite, a little parasite that leaves areas of highly irritated skin that won't grow wool. How is it transmitted? Well, if you've ever watched sheep, got this sheep walking along here and this one here, and they go, oh, I don't know you. I don't know you either. So they go up and bump heads and rub each other. And that's how they get to know each other. It's like a dog doing its gross thing when he wants to know who you are. It's natural to them. And so the dog or the sheep just do that. Well, in modern days, what do we do with sheep to get rid of that? Sheep dip. Run them through this thing, make them swim through it, and all these chemicals get on them, and they go out the other side. In ancient days, they didn't have that. But one certain kind of oil would repel the mites and heal any spots that were there as long as it hadn't gotten too bad. This oil has a lot of vitamin E in it. Anybody know what kind of oil that is? It's not, you know, 20, 30 that you put in your truck or something. It's olive oil. Olive oil contains a lot of vitamin E. And what does vitamin E do? It's good for the skin. And it kills the mites. 
So the indication here by this phrase is, you anoint my head with oil, meaning you even watch out for the little things. The tiny things that can cause big problems. And God takes care of us that way, again, if we pay attention to him. Why was preventing that disease so important? Well, two reasons. If a sheep lost half its wool, it was half as valuable. But if you wanted to take a sheep to the temple for sacrifice, what was the one main requirement? No blemish. And scabs would cause a lot of blemishes. Most scholars believe it's a real significant uh, picture of contamination of sin and evil in our lives. And we'll finish up with this. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He, the good shepherd gives us his goodness. He gives, gives us his mercy. He gives us his grace. So that no matter what happens to us here on earth, which... I think it's James that says we're just a a vapor. The reality is we have eternity with him in heaven. Now, as I understand it, eternity is a lot longer than our lifespan here on earth. People who've died for the sake of Christ, the martyrs, those who were persecuted then and now, those who had to live and now live in a world that opposes all things Christians, which is what we're becoming in our country. We're going to have the Lord looking over us. We're going to have the assurance that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And to me, that's pretty awesome. Just as shepherds guarded their sheep and cared for them, God cares for us. He looks over us. He watches us. And that's pretty awesome to me. We can trust the good shepherd. If we know and love him, he will carry us through the most difficult times and give us peace. Has that happened to anybody here? had real difficult times, but had peace with the Lord. I know it's happened with me. And if you say it hadn't happened with you, well then, I'm not going to say it. You ought to consider other avenues in your life.